This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories and wisdom. This thing called life can be challenging, and the stories that that are shared demonstrate that no matter what you have gone through, you can choose happiness. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to talk to you about shifting your perspective. This is so important because there are so many things that frustrate us or stress us out. And if we were able to shift our perspective of the situation, we would be so much happier. You see, we all have our own perspective, which is the way we view the world. It's like the lens in which we see things. When we shift our perspective, it changes our perception of life. Our perception is the way we think about or understand someone or something, and it is also what we understand or interpret from our five senses. However, our perception is shaped by our past experiences, feelings, and thoughts. Think of it as looking at the glass half full or half empty. In short, when we change our perspective, it changes our perception, which in turn changes our beliefs and ultimately changes our reality. So change your perspective, change your life. It sounds simple, yet it can be very challenging for some to actually achieve. If you would like to learn more about this topic and how to work with me personally, please visit sandyscarlotta.com to schedule a free 15-minute call with me and to get access to a free digital copy of my book, Happiness Solved. I also invite you to join my growing community by texting me at 703-420-3472 to receive daily inspirational messages. Again, that number is 703-420-3472. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed today's interview. Today's guest is Josh Kramer. Josh is an author and business leader who teaches the principles of kindness, gratitude, integrity, humility, and acceptance as both a path to peace and joy and the secret to personal and professional success. His new book, The Unicorn in You, reached best-selling status on Amazon in several categories, and I love that he calls it the Unself Help Book. This is such a great conversation, and I'm sure you're going to love it. Josh, how are you? So great to see you today. I'm great, Sandy. Great seeing you. All right. So we talked a little bit before this. We're not too far from each other. You're in Jersey. I'm in Virginia. Ah, weather's been a little up and down, That's right? right? That's right. That's right. But you know what? We're it's uh, we're on the verge of getting through winter, and so spring time's ahead. Yes, we're recording this at the towards the end of February, and I do a happy dance on March, March 1st. 1st of every year. Right. Right? Because then you're like, okay, whew, I made it through the winter, and now spring is on the way. See, I always <laughs> say that because I feel like we know we could get snow in March, but that's okay because March 1st, we've made it and we're there. And with the yeah. spring forward, with the times and the clocks and everything, we made it. We made it. Exactly. <laughs> we're almost there. All right. So everybody has a story, and I love to hear people's stories. So what is your story? How did you get to where you are today? My story is a... 
is a work in progress. It's a happy one because I've been so fortunate in my life. I feel like I've had all the advantages, but I've been mindful of that. I always have been grateful for that. And recently I wrote a book that I think is 25 years in the making. Um, I have a book called The Unicorn and You, which is a path to peace and joy. And while I've been working on it for two years, I feel like it has been 25 years in the making because for that length of time, I've been reading self-help books, trying to find different methodologies for happiness and joy and peace. And it was around the onset of COVID that I said, let me try to create something for myself because I wasn't able to draw from any of my experiences that came very naturally or organically. And I just wanted to emphasize more being rather than doing. And that was the genesis for this book and a little bit about my background and in it. Nice, nice. So you had 25 years in the making. My book that came out last year, Happiness Solved, same right. thing. 30 years in the making. I get that. So what is some of that story that, so, that brought you to where you felt like I have to write right. about So this? my background is by profession, I'm a real estate executive. I've been in different parts of real estate for probably that length of time. But it was around the start of my career, probably a little bit earlier when I was in my late teens, maybe very early 20s, when I started experiencing some really profound sadness, depression, and some struggles. Probably became even more pronounced in my late 20s and even early 30s at its peak. And I was always trying to reach for something, some methodology, some mechanism, and not really understanding what I was really, I think, seeking, kind of looking more inward. And so what I found was, especially at the onset of COVID, which is amazing, I think two years ago now, I it's, it's crazy and it feels like five, but I felt like I needed something to help me be a little more solid. Really what I was looking for was to be light. And that was the first breakthrough. The idea that was to be light, I first needed to be solid. So my process over 25 years and my story has been that I've been reaching and searching and probably not looking for something that's much more simplified and really kind of looking within. And that's what the unicorn in you is about, is about finding that foundation for being, our foundation of principles. And for me, it came down to kindness and gratitude and integrity, humility and acceptance. And those five things put together gave me a foundation for being and allowed me to just then ultimately feel light. And that's kind of the process, which I'm hopeful for many is not so much a process. It's just more of a perspective and an approach. So what is, what is that unicorn in you? If you were to just summarize that, what does that mean to you? Because I think the word unicorn kind of means something different right. to a lot of well, people. Well, I'll tell a very quick story of the genesis for the unicorn symbolically in the book. Probably a few months before I started this book, I was at my nephew's soccer game down in South Florida, and he's nine years old. And I said, where is his sister? Uh, she's four years old, my niece, and they pointed to across the, the field in a little grass area, and I saw her, and she was playing as only a four-year-old could, very unselfconsciously, sort of basking what I thought was peace and joy. She came running towards me, and I noticed these colorful sneakers she was wearing, and I said, I love your rainbow sneakers, and she says, they're not rainbows, they're unicorns. And for a moment, I just felt captivated by this image that she was projecting, and I said, I wish I could sort of feel the way she looks. And that triggered this feeling in my mind that the unicorn symbolically for all of us is kind of our greater potential. Uh, in many ways, it's so aspirational. I think we get caught up in this unicorn as being very mythical, but to me, it's this feeling of lightness, almost of this very peaceful, joyful creature. <laughs> 
Right. And, and then sometimes people use it in the context of it's right. a rarity. It's like you, you'll never That's find right. it. In business, right? it's a rarity. And in life, he's a unicorn, she's a yeah. unicorn, and you'll never find that. And that's what I think is so kind of, it's aspirational because we, for me, it was so much of the idea of getting out of my own head that really led me to this point more than anything else. And I know that you, you know, between all of your teachings with Happiness Solved, I think that so much of it is getting out of our own heads. In so many ways, um, oh. I view this as an unself-help book. And that's how I have kind of positioned and pre presented it. And it really is twofold. On one hand, it's this idea that, okay, it's not a typical self-help book where there's a process, this is it, follow this and do that, because that's what kind of led me down a path that I couldn't really get out of. And the second part is that I believe that happiness and peace and joy, um, much of it comes from being selfless. And the principles that I mentioned have to do with mm -hmm. selflessness. So therein kind of lies the, the unself really perspective of the unicorn in you. It's about getting out of our heads and, and being more selfless. So you said there's kind of like right. five things. that it's So it's kindness, it's gratitude, it's integrity, humility, and acceptance. And I see you writing them, so there'll be a test later. But it's something that comes natural to all of us. And I will say this, what I found in my in sort of identifying those elements, what I found very helpful was to discover one key ingredient for each of those and distill those even further. So for kindness, I felt that compassion was important. For gratitude, I felt like awareness was necessary. Integrity, some may, people, some may, may think honesty, I think it has to do with decency. Humility, I believe, is about perspective. And acceptance has to do with flexibility mostly in our minds this idea of our stretch or our bend in our heads that ability to have flex to hold conflicting emotions conflicting feelings and knowing that it's okay we're accepting reality and so i think those five ingredients as part of those five principles really helped me get down to a a, a clearer path to peace and joy i love it and i want sure. to talk about each one of these in a little bit greater detail so kindness so what do you say about kindness? For me, I think the, the focal point of kindness in the unicorn you has to do with releasing our judgments. I think, you know, it's one thing for me to say to folks, hey, listen, let's be more kind. You know, it's not for its own sake, for sure. I outline why it's helpful to ourselves to be kind, but I also show how to do it. And I think the clearest way to do that is by letting go of our judgments. And specifically, this idea that very old adage that you, you walk a mile in someone's shoes, you know, before. I think that's so, so critical. We, you know, we all have a sense of imagination. And so when we're uh, maybe a little short with someone or we see someone that may be short with us, perhaps we imagine what may be going on with them. I'm such a believer that you never know what's happening mm -hmm. behind anyone's closed doors. I just, if there's one thing I know to be true, it's that. What we see online, what we see on television, we just don't know what's really happening. And so I think when we give some benefit of the doubt and when we let go of judgments, I think that's a very clear path, much clearer path to kindness. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, what about being kind to yourself? Because I, I, I've talked about this multiple times where there's, there's yeah. been this be kind to everybody, yeah. which is great. And we need to be kind to everybody. But I feel like right. we're forgetting about right. us. We and that's, and I love that you said that because... 
you know, what drove the idea of kindness, as I mentioned, is compassion. And so much of that is self-compassion. You know, the second principle of gratitude, yes. which we'll get to, I had shared with someone recently that I was developing a gratitude practice where I was, at the end of each day, writing down a few things that I was grateful for. In addition to that, I was writing down a few things that I appreciated about myself. And that was really powerful. I think that for so long, I have been so hard on myself. I've been my toughest critic. And in many ways, like many people, we don't give ourselves a break. And self, self-compassion is, no. is essential um, as a part of kindness. You're absolutely right. I'm sure that you teach that a lot when you're talking about happiness and finding it ourselves because it really starts from within. It starts from within, and I'm glad that you wrote down, that you're writing down what you appreciate about yourself, because some of my clients I talk to, and I'm like, you know, you need to celebrate your wins every day, and they're like, no, that's just being arrogant. I'm like, it's not arrogant at all, because we, we tend to, you know, have so many great things happen each day. And our mind automatically goes to all the things that didn't happen or all the things right. that didn't happen. Do you work think that out? reluctance from many of your clients is a result of an insecurity or a sense that it is it, it's boasting or I'm not to celebrate, I'm not worthy of this kind of acknowledgement? What do you think drives some of that? Obviously for everyone it's different. I yeah. think it's different for everyone, but I think all of the above. And I think that that sometimes people they may feel that they're that they love themselves and they mm. probably don't. I know I only say that because my path, you know, I was in therapy for probably 15 years before the therapist said, you know, you need right. to work on self-love. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. I love myself. Right? It's a much bigger thing than, than people realize. And if we're constantly criticizing ourselves and not willing and focusing on all the negative and instead of celebrating all the positive, then you're just That's reinforcing right. you know, that I we're think not you good enough. Touch on something that is so important that doesn't get talked about enough. And when we talk about even this idea of kindness, certainly all of us have experienced um, encounters with people where maybe um, you know they're unkind to us, and we get a little put off. And we don't realize most of the time it has nothing to do with us. And that speaks exactly. to exactly what you're talking about: that self-love. Because on the flip side of it, folks that are projecting that probably are having a harder time internally. Exactly. And I tell you, 10 times out of 10, when there is something like that going on, it's not about you. It's about them. Has nothing, it has nothing right. to do with you. Has nothing to do with people you. People don't, it's so hard to recognize that. And I'm not making right. anybody wrong for that. It's right. just being self-aware and making sure that you really pay attention to what's going on in your mind. Oh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Second principle, gratitude. My favorite, gratitude. favorite, favorite practice. Ah, uh, love it. I know. Me too. And, you know, I feel like in many ways of all of these, if anyone, everyone's at a different point in their journey. Some people are new to this sort of world of personal growth and development. I think gratitude is the easiest one to get started totally. with. And you can do it on any level. You can do it in any way. And one thing I write in the book is that uh, there's no wrong way to do it. The only wrong way would be not to do it at all. And maybe it just means that in the morning you have a moment of recognition of something and that's your way of starting getting comfortable with a gratitude practice. Or maybe you do something in the evening. Maybe there's a specific meditation you do. But I think in many ways it just has to do with that moment of recognition. And if it's a little bit longer and it's a written practice or something more involved, that's great. And I also think that in many ways, like just like working out, 
we need to change up our gratitude routines. <laughs> we need to work different muscles. Yes. And so switching up can be very helpful. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And that, that gratitude practice, whether you do it in the morning or the evening, or really any time during the day when you need to just like press that, re I call it pressing the reset button. It's perfect. Press, it's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's, it's medicine. It totally right? is. Totally is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could. It, how, it's it's interesting because gratitude. I don't know if you found this during the past couple of years. I reconnected more deeply with nature through gratitude. Hmm. Um, it's not something that I necessarily felt deeply in recent years. I always enjoy being outdoors, but I don't know if you found as we were kind of all cooped up being outside. Did you feel like that? You know, I guess emphasized any more deeper level of gratitude from oh, nature. Yes. Oh, yes, because I, I got my perpetual pandemic puppy in oh, yeah. late April of 2020. And it was so nice because I'm not one to go out and take walks by myself. And now I am out multiple times during the day with my with my dog. Right. And I would just walk around and just breathe in the air and just mm -hmm. look at the sky. And especially at night, I love looking up at the stars and just... You know, because it makes us feel like we're just such the small part of something so incredible. I love that. I love that. You're going to enjoy the unicorn in you because you're talking about everything I mentioned here. <laughs> and I, I, I spoke the other day to someone that my favorite time of the day is my last walk of my dog at night. Yeah. I, it's, it's the most peaceful time. And like you, I look up at the stars and I get a sense of, you know, how small I am in the scheme of things. It's great. It reduces me, but it grounds me. And I have this little pup, and it's like this last moment to be thankful for this day again and to try again tomorrow, um, hopefully. So yeah. I, I completely agree. All right. Principle number three, integrity. Love that. Integrity, it's, it's having integrity is not for its own sake. I think people think that they could scoff at it or think that you have to distill it down a bit further and it's complicated. And to me, that's the beauty of the principle. You either have integrity or you don't. Yes. And perhaps I'm you know, of, of a certain age where I know that and appreciate that there was a time when my grandfather, at least, grandfather used to say to me, your word is your bond. Yeah. You, know, you shake someone's hand, it means something. You say you're going to be somewhere, you're there. And it really has to do, in my mind, with decency, with a decent person is very honest and they do what they say they're going to do. Right. And in many ways, I feel like the key to this it just has to do with defining your values. And integrity is not intended, particularly as a principle in the book, to be this self-righteous type of you know, way of being, but just more a sense of defining what you stand for and knowing that you, you have a sense of principle and integrity and people can count on you. Yeah. And I do you find that people are becoming less and less caring about integrity and they break their word and they right. cancel at the last minute or they, you know. So I just said that exact thing. I was speaking to a, a friend, James Hicks, on, on, his, on his program and I, we talked about technology and I said, I certainly, you know, I went to college when we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have emails right. in an answering machine. And, but at the same time, you made plans, you showed up. And right. it's a small thing, but it's not insignificant because now I think it's easy to, I'll be late, uh, I can't make it. It's easy to reschedule. It's easy just to, to bail on someone. And I think, unfortunately, it's, it's become a little too easy. And that built a pattern and builds repetition of habit. I really believe that because 
you know, in many ways, if you say you're making plans for someone, you show up and, and you do that, and people know that they can count on you, that your word means something. Well, I know maybe it's just the way people are being raised. Mm -hmm. I don't know, because I was raised with a lot of integrity and that you yeah. show up and you, you know, obviously life happens. Right, right. right. And that's the great qualifier these days, isn't it? Right. I know life happens, but... Right. And and it's okay if it's all the time, but when it's when it's habitual is when. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and I agree with you. I think it's just more a question of having that sense of integrity within and knowing that's what you project and that again your word means something. And, you know, that that idea of, you know, life happens has been I think life happens and you're on mute were the two phrases I heard the most of the last 2 years. Um, but the, the, the former certainly has merit, but it's just the idea of be, be a person who, who does what you say you're going to do. Right. And now, granted, COVID does, did and still does give us an excuse. Right. <laughs> and I have to be honest, I've only, didn't say I had COVID, but there was only one time when I totally forgot that I was, had a nail appointment and I texted her 10 minutes before and I was like, I'm not feeling well. That's all I said. And that's all you have to say these days is I'm not feeling with like, oh, don't worry about it. And I felt so guilty because she, but she knows with me, Right. I've been her, her client for 14 years. Like she knows that I rarely miss an appointment and I felt so bad, but then it was like, well, you know. So you, you, you felt bad because that's the kind of person you are. Right. You pulled out the COVID card, sort of, but not really. Sort of. I just said I wasn't, and I, I wasn't you know, feeling I was, well. That's I, all. Look, excused, and um, it's 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 so funny though. But it's it's true, you know. I think that um, I believe that the company you keep is so important with integrity as well. You know, what do yeah, we say that we're? Sure. Um, I, there's so many ways of saying it. We're, we're the combination of our five friends, or something like that, or five closest friends. And in many ways, I write in the book, you want to have integrity. You know, keep keep company with people who have it as well. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, humility. Humility. I think in oh. many ways, I think this is one of the most underappreciated qualities. And I and I had this in here because I felt that this is so important for peace and joy as a matter of understanding our, our significance, but more importantly, our insignificance in the world. You know, I think that for, for all of us, it's easy to know that we're all special and unique, but that recognition and sense of perspective that we're in the whole scheme of things, we're tiny and small and ephemeral and that we have to understand our place in the world and that I think in many ways we eliminate ego by having a sense of humility. And it's, it's so important and I think that especially in today's day and age with social media and the way that you know general media is, a sense of humility is really, really valuable. It really is. And I had a guest on and I not going to remember who it was because I, I talked to a lot of amazing people and he said something that I will never forget and it was it was advice that he received when he was young maybe right out of college or something like that and it was like someone said to him you're really not that big of a deal but you are a big deal yeah. like I'm paraphrasing right. it but it was like yes we're special we're important you're unique but at, at the same time we're nothing. Mm -hmm. We're nobody. Right. You're absolutely right. And you know, in many ways, uh, 
there's a great quote that I use from C.S. Lewis who says, um, humility is uh, not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And I think that yeah. that's, it's so critical in many ways. And for me, humbling ourselves and having humility, it reduces in many ways the anxiety and weight that we carry. We don't have that sense of self-importance or maybe self-centeredness or even self-absorption. And so that's why I love the idea of humility in this book. To me, it's been essential in, in getting a clearer vision of what, peace, of what peace and joy looks like, because I know that in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, we're all special, but, you know, not all that big. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the last one, acceptance, another one of my yeah. Acceptance to me is, is the appropriate anchor for this perspective. And I mentioned the idea of flexibility, but I think acceptance at its, at, at its real minimum is the idea of rooting us in reality. I think that acceptance has to do with a acknowledgement of the truth and living in that reality rather than regretting how things you, you wish they were, rather than, you know, I think the idea of accepting how they are rather than regretting how they're not is a better way of saying it. And I believe that acceptance really is a sign of maturity. It takes a long time to get there, but in many ways when we do, we're able to at least acknowledge the truth and live in that. And that idea of flexibility is because we can hold conflicting thoughts. We can say, look, I recognize that I don't feel good about this. It upsets me, but I can also feel happy and uh, I have the capacity to hold both of those conflicting emotions. And acceptance, I think, is a very, very healthy quality. In many ways, I feel like when we find the positive in something to make peace with it, that can really accelerate the idea of acceptance. Yeah, and it is a hard right. thing. You know, I have a 21-year-old son, and it's interesting because sometimes his level of accept acceptance is pretty good, but then there's other times where, you know, he's just, there's no reasoning with right. the kid at all. And so I do think it does happen with maturity, with age, with the wisdom that you gain over the years of just living in this no life. No question. And you're right. And you know, because I think what happens is we gain a sense of perspective along the way as we get older and hopefully more mature. And we understand, uh, look, there are things we may not like, but we also know that we can't control. We can only control how we feel about them. And ultimately, we start to take responsibility for things, and we let go of things much easier. So in time, hopefully, we get there. And you used, obviously, a very uh, special word there, wisdom, which is something that over time, you know, <laughs> some of us develop. Right. And it takes yeah. a long time. It takes a long time. So now, now, you said your book came out a couple of days ago, but then I thought you said it's coming out in April. So has it so, been released or is it like in the pre-release So we just came out or? on 2-22-22 and it's nice. been really well received so far. We, the first day we had, we're the number one new release on Amazon. We received bestseller status in three different categories between uh, self-help and psychology reference and it's, it's gratifying because I really wanted to write this perspective and have it be kind of this warm guide, sort of a companion, the type of book you'd keep on your nightstand. It's a, it's a short book. It's 22,000 words, but it meant, it's meant to be comforting. And even through the, the colors of the book and the, you know, the kaleidoscope kind of effect, the vibrancy and colors that capture the essence of the unicorn, it's meant to be something that 
is for everyone. And I think there are timeless and universal insights. I use parables and great quotes and fables and old stories that everyone can relate to. I love it. That's, I, I can't wait to read it. I love the title. It's catchy. And uh, gosh, I, I, hope it, I, I hope it continues it. to do well. Yeah, so is there anything else that you'd like you know, to share with No, just to everyone to, I hope, continue um, you know, on, on their own journey in, in their own time. And obviously through all you're doing, through I love Happiness Solved and if there's any way that I could connect with people at theunicornu.com or joshkramer.com. I love hearing uh, what works for everyone else because I don't believe there's a one-size-fits-all. And as I say in The Unicorn and You, it's a path to peace and joy. And hopefully it's helpful to some people. Oh, gosh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure thank it is and, and will be. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much. I had it's a great a conversation. Thanks for having me today. As I always say, I love talking to people who speak my language. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you learned at least one thing that you can apply in your life right now. You can purchase Josh's book, The Unicorn in You, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can visit his website at either www.joshkramer.com or www.theunicorninyou.com. To learn more about me, please visit my website at sandyscarlotta.com and you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Coach Sandy Scarlotta. So as always, I hope that you and your family stay safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, happiness, kindness, gratitude, integrity, humility, and acceptance. Take care, everyone.